Hello, and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird, and I'm by myself tonight. That's not true, actually. Lisa Plain is still on her paternity, paternity, maternity leave from the podcast, I should say. Stacey Polak is away on vacation, so it is just me tonight with a very special guest. Her name is Andrea Koppel, and Andrea is the founder and CEO of the College to Career Academy, which helps students of all ages fast-track their job search and build actionable game plans to find careers they'll love. Earlier this year, she was selected as a top job search expert to follow on LinkedIn. She is the host of the Apple Top 100 podcast, Time for Coffee, Time for the Number Four Coffee, with a mission to empower 1 million students to turn their degrees into careers they'll love. Today, Time for Coffee has thousands of fans in 170 plus countries. Prior to becoming an entrepreneur and podcaster, Andrea zigged and zagged her way across three different industries. She started out her professional life as a journalist, where she spent 20 years, the last 14 of them with CNN as a foreign correspondent in Asia, and then as a US-based correspondent covering American foreign and domestic policy. She then pivoted from journalism into public relations in 2008, and eventually moved into the nonprofit world, leading global affairs and policy for Mercy Corps, an international humanitarian and development organization. She has a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science, Asian Studies, and Chinese from Middlebury College. And she's also the mother of a highly spirited 17-year-old high schooler who doesn't want to listen to any advice she tries to give them. Andrea is joining us from the Washington, D.C. area. Andrea, welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. Oh, gosh, thank you so much. Mike, I almost laughed out loud there when I heard you say about my son. It's so true. He doesn't want to hear anything that I have to say. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, it's all good. It's yeah. all good. One day he'll look back and hopefully will apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say that's probably... I think you can make a safe bet that that will happen. I remember when I was 17 and uh, yeah, I wasn't taking a lot of advice from anyone. So I, I wouldn't take it too, too personally if I were you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to. And I also want to let you know for your listeners who may not be familiar with Middlebury, it's just over the US-Canada border. We're in Vermont, or yeah. were. I was in Vermont and had many a fun road trip to Montreal to get your very high alcohol beer. <laughs> <laughs> you yes. had like some beer that was like, I don't know, 11% alcohol. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, college kids, what can you... <laughs> of Perfect. course, we're going to be going for the for the beer that's going to get us the drunkest. Uh-huh. Makes sense. No, it's true. Middlebury is uh, a stone's throw away and hopefully we can get an open border soon and away we go. This is exactly. going to be a lot of fun. I can already tell. I mean, your career backstory is pretty interesting, pretty unusual compared to a lot of the other guests we've had on the show. What made you want to become a career coach? Oh, such a great question. And I would say it was the podcast having mm. interviewed, I guess it was after I interviewed maybe 80 professionals that I began to see the cross-cutting themes. So time for coffee for 
our listeners is shorthand for do you have time to grab a cup of coffee with me so I can ask you about your job mm-hmm. or your career? And I figured that was a very long title for a podcast. You have time to grab coffee so I could. So I shortened it <laughs> to time for coffee. And that's what it stands for. And these are, in effect, informational interviews that I began having with professionals back in early 2018. I launched in August of 2018, but I started doing the interviews to get a little bit of a a library going before mm-hmm. I before I went live on Apple. And after I interviewed like 80 people, it was like, holy cow, like there's somebody who's in marketing. Here's another person who's in business, another person who is a NASA engineer. And I'm hearing similar themes. Mm. And these themes, and I'll give you an example in a moment, were not those that were typical career advice. Mm-hmm. what I probably grew up with and what some Gen Zers may still be growing up with today. For example, follow your passion. How, well, the how truth do I do is, that? <laughs> how do I do that? Well, when you're 20, 22 years old, your passion is probably that like cute guy or girl or whoever, like the, you know, with the long legs or the cute ass. It's not, gee, I definitely want to go into digital marketing necessarily. And so I started thinking, I need to share this because even though my audience are college students and young professionals, there's so many others out there who probably never heard of time for coffee. Mm -hmm. So I want to teach them. So initially, it was going to be an online course that you would take uh, at any time that worked for you. And this was just Mm -hmm. (laughs) pre-COVID. So this is like February, (laughs) March 2020. And I was going to launch this course. And then the pandemic hit. And it was like, I cannot like take in all the things I need to do to get this course launched. So I put that on the back burner and instead I just went to LinkedIn and started posting my content there and coaching people one-on-one and then doing a boat, a boot camp, weekend boot camp. But to answer your question, it was because of the podcast, because I was seeing all of these really interesting facts that I wasn't hearing. Mm -hmm in the sort of conventional wisdom of career advice. That's interesting, right? I can sort of relate in the sense of the, like what came first, the podcast or the career coaching. And in my situation, it was kind of that too, where we started up the show in 2019 and Lisa was already into her business, but I was kind of just getting into the idea of helping young people with their career And so I I think it's just a fun acknowledgement of the way that we can get into something and it can evolve. And I think that's kind of a little bit of a preview into what we're really going to talk about tonight, which is uh, like this idea of there being magical career encounters. 
I'm not even sure I actually said that as the title of this episode, but that's what we're calling this conversation. It sounds like you've kind of reinvented yourself a few different times. And, and there have been some pretty interesting moments that have happened along the way. When we talk about magical career encounters, what are we really saying? I'm so glad that you asked that question. And I'm so excited to dive into this with you, Mike, because we saw the black magic that can happen in our lives with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Unexpected, out of the blue, major league curveball, which for many people was awful. For others, not so awful, but there's mm -hmm. the black magic. And then there's the fairy dust magic. And in my life, I've had that happen a couple of times. And I've seen it happen, or I should say heard it happen over and over again with so many of the people I've interviewed where somebody comes into their life, somebody they may know, a friend or a friend of a friend or relative or a complete stranger could be a relationship you develop on LinkedIn. It could be somebody you follow on TikTok. Crazy. Somebody you're standing next to on the line in the grocery store. And that person exposes you to something that either you hadn't thought of before, a company maybe, what, or a job, and it changes your career trajectory. I love that. And I, just as you're saying that, can think of a few of those moments that I've been fortunate enough to experience. And it does take some time. I think life has to kind of happen for these things to come around, but they are pretty spectacular when they do come. I'm getting chills as I think about it right now, because what I would advise our young listeners to do is to keep an open mind. Mm -hmm. What we would say, a growth mindset, be open to meeting new people, to having new experiences, to putting yourself out there. And maybe this is woo-woo. I believe that you attract what you put out. And I'll give you this example. In my own life of a major league curveball, it wasn't as big as the coronavirus. It was a mini one, but it hit me hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was, I graduated from university with a poli-sci major, right? Asian studies and Chinese. I had been accepted to go into the US Peace Corps and I was going to Nepal. I was supposed to leave in August. And in July, we learned through a magical encounter that there had been a number of rapes of American Peace Corps volunteers in Nepal. Wow. And long story short, I ended up not going. I confirmed it, they said yes. And I was like a super naive 21 year old. <laughs> and I was probably gonna be a three to five day hike from Kathmandu, the capital by myself. And I was like, you know, I'm up for adventure, but meh, not this time. 
And I had no plan B, Mike. Wow. Which I highly, highly advise all students to have as they approach graduation, at least three types of industries that they want to go into and look for all of them at the same time, be strategic Mm -hmm. about it. But I didn't have any of that. And I had no idea what I was going to do. And then poof, out of the blue, a friend of my parents who is Chinese and lives in China happened to be in the U.S., happened to come to my parents' home right around this time in August and said, oh, Andrea doesn't have a job. I just met this woman in New York who only hires young women who speak Mandarin Chinese. Hello, what are the chances? Sure. What are the chances? The thing is she worked in business. She helped bring about joint ventures between Mm -hmm. Chinese companies and Western businesses. I had zero interest in business. (laughs) But my parents said to me, what many parents probably still do. Andrea, just go interview for the job. You can always turn it down, Mm -hmm. right? Makes sense. So I go interview for the job and wouldn't you know, I got it. And in October, I was on a plane flying to Beijing to start this new job. And the thing is, I sus- as I suspected, I didn't like the job. It really wasn't my cup of tea or cup of coffee. If we're going to stay in the time for coffee mm-hmm. theme here. But while I was there, Mike, I had another magical experience. All of my friends outside work were journalists. Mm. And when we got together, I was there for Thanksgiving. I was there for Christmas, New Year's. Easter, I would get to hear their stories about what they were doing in their jobs. And I said, oh my God, that is what I feel passionately about. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to my time as an undergrad. I was always involved in the college radio station and had been the news director of it my senior year. So you see the clues were there. The clues are your extracurricular activities, your hobbies, your part-time jobs, your volunteer work, those activities that light you up. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize that it was right in front of me all along. It took me going to China so I quit my job after six months, came back to the U.S., and that started my my journalism career. That's pretty amazing. And you said something there that I can kind of relate to and maybe just add a little bit of my two cents to if I can. And that is that it sounds like you said yes to some things fairly um, in a carefree way, almost in the sense of you didn't overthink it. You jumped in. You went with it, it happened, it was either great or it was less than great. And you kept yourself open to saying yes to something else. Again, without kind of thinking too hard. And I've done that a number of times in my life where I just sort of volunteered myself 
and it became something that what I thought was going to be quite small and it became something massive in my life and in my career. Does that sound familiar to you? I can see why you're such an amazing coach. You listen really well and you raise something that I myself had not recognized. Hmm. Hmm. Well, thank you. I am very open. I do have a growth mindset and, and I didn't recognize this about myself until a couple of years ago, as I was really getting into the time for coffee world. And I was reading a lot of professional development books and career books and all kinds of things that I said, holy cow, I have a growth mindset. I also am super curious and I follow my curiosity mm. and it has never let me down. And I know you're going to want to get into time when I failed because there have been many, uh, but the truth is I didn't overthink it. I really didn't. And that is one of the reasons, and I'm curious if you do the same thing with your clients, Mike, that when I coach college students who are confused, stuck, don't know what to do, to help them see that they can't make a mistake. Mm -hmm. You can't. You can start anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You Absolutely. can start bagging groceries. I mean, I'm, and I know that that's not the job that most college grads aspire to, especially when you've got a lot of loans to repay, but I'm just using it as a, to prove this point. Mm -hmm. You, as long as you follow your interests and lean into your strengths and you're open to what happens, you can't make a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And I, I, I'm thinking right now of a client I've been working with. And just recently she talked about the idea of sort of feeling lost between a couple of different things, kind of uncertain because of that. And it was really, our most recent work was really around just sort of, like you said, trying to find a place to start and really just sort of tuning the radar as much as possible for even like the slightest hint of which direction to go in, because it, it doesn't take much. We got to get the ball rolling and whether it's to the right or to the left is not really that important, but it's got to get going in some direction. So I'm with double you there. high five, yeah. double <laughs> high five. In fact, one of my favorite metaphors that I've come up with, to help illustrate this point is that instead of thinking of yourself like you're a chef who is cooking your recipe by fall your whatever dish you're making by following a recipe where let's say you're making lasagna and I don't know how you make it in your house, Mike, <laughs> but here I, we have ricotta cheese, we have mozzarella, we've got maybe some ground turkey or ground beef that we fry up and put in there with the, the gluten-free lasagna oh, okay. noodles. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and you layer it and you throw it in the oven at 375 and you take it out and there would be your career 
with the crispy crust, right? Mm -hmm. Because you followed the directions. Mm -hmm. No, Mm. you're not a chef. You are a friggin' mad scientist who is in a lab with those big goggles on, with the test tubes, one in each hand, with that big beaker and a Bunsen burner, and you're just throwing shit in the test tubes, and some of it is gonna blow up in your face, and you're gonna be covered in soot, and it's messy, and you know some of it you may swallow it, and you're choking, and all this stuff. But what does a mad scientist do? She keeps on testing and putting new ingredients in the test tube and iterating and experimenting Mm -hmm. to your point. The only way that you can find what is going to light you up, what your professional passion and your purpose will be is by doing The only way you can get an F in your career journey is by not taking that risk, Mm -hmm. not choosing a lane, not picking a job. Just pick it, pick it, A, B, or C, pick it. You cannot screw it up because when you do that job, you're going to discover a couple of things. You're going to discover things you may like about the job. You may also discover things you don't like and you'll learn. Well, I want a job that has less of this, Mm -hmm. the part that I don't like Mm -hmm. and more of what I do like. Or you may learn there's someone on another team in your office who is doing something you've never heard of before. And whoa, like you guys grab drinks after work and you start asking them about it and you're like, that is so cool. How did you get to do that? And they're like, well, I got this certificate, Mm -hmm. whatever. That is how your professional journey will unfold. Follow your interests and try it. Yeah, I'm so with you there. We could probably just dedicate another episode to the idea of like, I love your metaphor of the lasagna, the, the gluten-free lasagna, and just sort of getting away from that idea that a career has to be this beautifully neat and tidy thing. And the mad scientist analogy, it, it should be messy. It's how you end up with some kind of awesome product at the end. You're going to break some eggs to make the omelet or whatever more cliche things I can pull out here. Test tubes or beaker. You're going to break a beaker. (laughs) Yes. That's a little bit more on point. Yeah. Right. So you've said something really interesting there in that uh, you've reminded me of, of sort of how I've ended up in the situation that I'm in right now in my relatively new role at Rafter. And it's, you know, it came through an introduction that a former colleague of mine made to someone that she was working with at the time. And, you know, this was, a, this was about a year and a half ago. I've only been at Rafter for about two months. So to give you an idea of the time frame, And although I didn't end up engaging with this individual, I didn't join his company at that time. He went to a different company a half a year later. 
I stayed in my role throughout COVID. And we came back together again at a moment where he felt like he could expand his team and the time was right. And on my end, I had learned a lot of new skills in that time and just was sort of following this like really intuitive sense of, I like this. I could probably be really good at it if I tried putting more time into it. And that's kind of what I'm doing now. And it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to make such a confident decision that this is where I wanted to go in if I hadn't kind of pieced it all together, the relationship, the patience, going and doing something else, learning some new skills, just try stuff. And, you know, where I'm at now is not the end of my career either, but to be in a spot where I'm really happy, that's a product of just trying stuff out. Exactly. And if I could add one more thing, because I Mm -hmm. think this is a super important point. Every job I ever had, I went into it and for a period of time experienced the imposter syndrome where I can't believe they hired me for this job. Don't they know? I don't know shit. Like I'm making it up as I go along. Mm -hmm. I have no idea how to do that. Maybe I can do some of this. And the truth is, Mike, another thing that I've discovered about myself is that I thrive in those environments. Mm. And I've also learned that most of us, most of us human beings on planet Earth experience the imposter syndrome, but they don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. They don't share it. And for many years, I didn't share it. Hmm. It was something I felt embarrassed about and I felt alone. And so I'm saying this because I want our young listeners to recognize that I didn't think I had my shit together. I went into these jobs and most people don't have their shit together either. If you get the job offer, and it interests you, go for it. The only way you can fail, and by fail, I mean be unemployed, Mm -hmm. is if you don't take that job and you don't take a risk. Because even if you get fired, as I have been twice, I look back on both of those experiences as having been incredible gifts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Incredible. I am so grateful that I was fired and I am not trying to blow smoke up your butt. I am totally serious. I was, my contract wasn't renewed by Mm -hmm. CNN Mm -hmm. after I'd been there for 14 years and it was humiliating and it was all those things. But the truth is I had not been happy in that job for three years before they let me go. My son was then a toddler and I didn't have the courage or the headspace to think about what else I would do. And I thought I could only be a journalist. So when they didn't renew my contract and fired me, I was forced to reinvent myself. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have the courage to do it. And then I went into a job in public relations 
that was way above my experience level. I was hired as a senior vice president of communications. I knew nothing about public <laughs> relations. They knew I knew nothing, but I also had never managed anyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now I had a team and a year and nine months after I started there. And don't get me wrong. I brought them business. I brought value to the job, but it wasn't the right fit. They fired me. And I used to be super humiliated about that. I was like, God, two times in a row. Like, what is wrong with me? And now, Mike, I'm like, damn, that girl got some cojones. Uh I can't believe that I took a job as a senior vice president because they paid me for a year and nine months, a very good salary to learn public relations. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to go to grad school and pay someone else to learn it. They paid me. I am not embarrassed at all. It just didn't work out. That's right. Like your attitude is just an amazing example of what I hope a lot of our dear listeners are sort of noticing as being sort of this, you know, you, you can sort of perceive your career in so many different ways and the way you are looking at, at failure, if you want to call it that is just like, it's so beneficial. It's so growth mind, growth minded oriented, right? You, (laughs) you could kind of wallow in self-pity, but you're seeing it as just this opportunity that you had to learn it sounds like you did fine financially in the moment. And that probably kept you going through that time where yeah, I got to go out and figure myself out again. But again, it's just about like, it's about mindset. There's, there's magic in that. I know we've talked about magical encounters, but there's magic in that mindset. Let me just say, I did not have that growth mindset <laughs> when this happened. <laughs> I was, I was wallowing in self-pity, Mike. Mm-hmm. I was feeling sorry for myself. I was feeling angry that they had fired me. And it, it made me feel less than. It is only thanks to a lot of professional development that I've done, a lot of therapy that I've done, because I talk a lot mm-hmm. on Time for Coffee about mental wellness and taking care of mind, body, soul. And I've had professional therapy for 12 years. So I've learned a lot about myself through the process. So what I try to do is just distill this into information nuggets Uh that I put out based on my personal experience, and then, of course, the hundreds of people that I've interviewed to help our young listeners level up a lot faster yeah. than I did. Yeah, which is awesome, right? Like such a, an amazing way to pay it forward. I think that that's another thing that we often don't think about in our careers until maybe we're a little bit further down the line that what we are doing will, will serve other people and that we will serve other people in ways that we haven't yet imagined, which I think there's a lot of magic to as well. So, so love that. I love the fact that you're using the word magic. Cause I know I posted yeah. that on LinkedIn and I'm sure people are like, 
this chick is weird. Like, <laughs> what is she talking about? Magic. But it is magical experiences. And I think also because I've developed something called the, it's a framework uh-huh. to help you decide if certain industries or jobs are the right fit, certain companies, and they all begin with M. <laughs> okay. Okay. Would you... So, would you be willing to share a little bit about that framework? You don't have to give it all away here oh, on, on the Career Builders would, podcast. Yeah, but totally, totally. So one of the biggest is mission. I think it's really important before you jump into your career. It's not a deal breaker by any means if you don't. But if you have the benefit of a coach who can help you take a step back and think about what kind of life you want to have. I don't know what it's like in Canada. I think you guys are much smarter than us Americans, but here in the U S we work to live or excuse me, we live to work. We live to work in Europe and many other much wiser cultures, they work to live. So what I want to help new grads think about is what is important to them in their life? Because their job, unfortunately, is gonna be a place, or fortunately, where they spend many of their waking hours. So mission. Are you mission-driven? What are your values? Mm -hmm. And that resonates with like the culture of a company and the way they treat their employees and whether you'll be able to work remotely or you have to be in person. So all of those things. The second is money. Mm -hmm. It's a reality. We all need it to pay the bills. What? salary do you need to earn to take care of your bills and what salary is important to you maybe from a sense of just self-respect that you want to earn now there are trade-offs with these so you have to like all right you got your mission your values your money you have your I call it mobility piece which is Do you want a job where you're sitting at a desk, where you're maybe close to home, the company is close to home, both in terms of your commute, but maybe also in terms of family, friends, where you went to school, or do you want an adventure the way I did? I really have always been somebody who loves foreign travel, who loves to explore. And even as a local journalist working in Maryland and, uh, and Florida, I liked running around, like just being out, not sitting at my desk. So mobility, maybe you do want to be close to home. So these mm-hmm. are just things to mm-hmm. keep. In. And then the last one is motivation and by that i mean how hard do you want to work it's also work to find a job as both you and i know (laughs) 
the the magical world of LinkedIn is incredible, but networking with the right people, having those informational interviews where you're gathering information, informing you about different jobs or different companies takes a lot of effort. Yeah. It takes a lot of effort to uncover the hidden jobs that are yeah. out there. So what is your level of motivation, both in terms of job searching, but in terms of work? Because I guarantee you, my friends, if earning a lot of money is super important to you, you're going to be working a lot. <laughs> you are going to, they are going to look for their pound of flesh. Yeah. So it is all a trade-off. And I ask my students to go through and rank the importance of these. And then that helps give them a lens through which to evaluate different companies and different jobs. Yeah. And to say, am I checking the box for my most important M, my sure. second most important M, right? So it just it just helps them to filter. Yeah. That was the word that was coming to my mind as well was that it sounds like you've really help people figure out what their filters are because there's just an almost limitless number of career options in the world now, which is what makes it so challenging if you're just starting out to make a decision. But then the filters are what bring the clarity. And it just sounds like your filters that you help your clients establish make total sense. So very cool. Thanks Thank for sharing you. that. Absolutely. So Andrea, I mean, this has been a really amazing conversation. Uh, I'll be honest to you, dear listener, as I, as I always am, that I have really just sort of been listening to what Andrea is saying and not really paying attention to any of the preparation I did for this. And we're just having this great conversation that I think has really uncovered a lot, not just magical encounters. We have some questions that we ask of all of our guests who come on the show, Andrea. And the first one is, what's the most fun you've ever had in your career? Oh, I love that question. I loved being a foreign correspondent working for CNN. I had a lot of autonomy mm -hmm. to report on the stories that interested me. I was based in Japan for the first year and a half, but I did go to China quite a lot, like to fill in for the guy who was there when he'd go on vacation relief. Uh, or I was vacation relief for him. Mm -hmm. And I got to travel to some incredible places. And the thing about broadcast television is that, or broadcast news, is that you're a team. Often, if you're a print reporter, you're solo. Mm -hmm. So it was me, it was my cameraman, or sometimes camera woman, and sound man, and producer. And we had so much fun. Mm -hmm. There was just being out there getting to report on stories that really interested us. Like one, one week, I got to go to Tibet. Wow. And it was the first time that the Chinese who control Tibet allowed foreign journalists to go to that yeah. autonomous region in like 13 years. Wow. And 
just exploring that glorious country mm-hmm. and getting to go to monasteries and seeing the young monks and traveling through the Himalayas. I, I got really sick drinking yak butter tea, which is <laughs> Interesting. the worst yeah. tasting thing I've ever had in my life. And to be polite, it's rancid, mm-hmm. right? It was rancid yak butter in tea and I clearly got some kind of food poisoning and so I yacked my way through the Himalayas I had like one of those instant noodle containers and we Uh just like threw out the noodles and I used that like and just barfed my guts out for hours on end driving through but we would also have we would be invited to banquets Mm -hmm. often when we went to a new province the local officials would invite us there and there would be lots of drinking and I mean it's hilarious right you're just and so we would make a game out of not drinking the white lightning the baijiu that they would be giving us and and seeing how we could chuck it under the table so they would get wasted and we would be like fine Now, that's not to say that maybe early in my career, I didn't partake more, but having been hung over and then having to get up the next day at like 7 a.m. to work, was like been there, done that. So amazing, amazing adventures, met incredible people, got to see unbelievable sights that many never get to see in their life, and then traveling with three secretaries of state all over the the world, watching the sunrise in Nepal, uh, singing with a secretary of state, singing ABBA tunes on the plane. Like that was unbelievable, incredible experiences, but I never slept, Mike. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the flip side. I was going all the time. It's not a great work-life balance. And uh, I would say I'm also loving what I'm doing now. I would say like the most fun was definitely journalism. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. Aside from the yakking, it sounds like a lot of fun. What would you say is the biggest risk you've ever taken in your career and how did it turn out? Probably the biggest risk. I think I've taken multiple, but maybe when I came back, I was promoted to be CNN's diplomatic correspondent. And I had been in Asia for five years. And that's what we call a beat, covering diplomacy, covering Mm -hmm. the police, covering the White House, whatever it is, your prime minister's office, that's a beat. And then you have to get very sourced. You have to Mm -hmm. get to know government officials and and embassy officials and experts and you get people to confide in you and it's a huge job and it was also pushing me outside my comfort zone in a way that I didn't even realize because working for CNN overseas I did not go live Mm -hmm. that often Mm -hmm. no but suddenly back in the U.S. and this was pre like the fact that you can go live from your phone now yeah So you needed a satellite to go live when I was overseas. 
But in the US, you didn't need a satellite. They could hardwire the cables in. And so I would have to come out of briefings, daily briefings. And for example, I covered like 9 11 and mm-hmm. some of these things that are ongoing stories, and you're going live maybe 15 times a day. Yeah. And you're coming out of briefings and you're having to like distill information very quickly and then give it back in 45 seconds or a minute. I learned probably a few years after I started at the State Department that my brain is challenged organizationally. And so that was a big struggle for me. But I had to teach myself hacks to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. And I took a big risk taking that job, but I ended up doing that particular job for eight years and it got so much easier. And to this day, the skills that I honed, having been the State Department correspondent and doing all of those lives serve me every single day, having to write super quickly, yeah. having to analyze things quickly doing it over and over and over again was the pathway to mastery. Oh, so happy you shared that. That's inspiring. Thank you. That's really neat. I would love to know, maybe you've already, maybe you've already shared it, but what's the best piece of career advice you've ever received? I actually haven't shared it yet. So the best piece of career advice that I received was from my father who said to me after I came back from China (laughs) and said I wanted to be a journalist and was going out at night, having fun (laughs) with my friends, getting home late, sleeping in, getting up at 11, sort of half-heartedly job searching. He said, Andrea, no one is gonna come riding up on a white horse and say, oh my God, Andrea Koppel, there you are. We have the perfect job for you. The only way you're going to find that job is by getting off your ass, getting up earlier, and pounding the pavement yourself. Now, Mm -hmm. figuratively pounding the pavement. We didn't have LinkedIn when I was uh, a new grad, but we had the classified ads and Mm -hmm. we had Mm -hmm. people that I could call on the phone to have a coffee chat with, which is what I did. So if you want to find a job you're going to love, you got to get off your butt to that fourth M. You got to have the motivation to put in the work, the effort to network, to have those informational interviews and do more than just upload your resume on LinkedIn or ZipRecruiter or yeah. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It, it doesn't come all, all by itself. Sometimes you might feel like, oh, this just fell into my lap, but that's almost always because some big chunk of work was done before that and out came seemingly out of nowhere that opportunity. So I love how you've emphasized that. That's a great prep, great pep talk. Andrea, again, this has been such a fantastic conversation. Where can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing? 
LinkedIn, my friends, I am there. I post every day tips, insights, career advice, silly videos, hmm. not cat videos, but you know, I, I try to have some fun with it too. And I would also welcome them to go to the Time for Coffee website, which is time, as Mike said, the number four, coffee.org. You can binge any of the 830 <laughs> episodes <laughs> wow. that are out there. They're all different lengths. Some of them are long. Some of them are short. And the homepage is organized by career. Mm -hmm. So you can dive by dive in by career or you can search by the type of episode. And if you want to have a free career discovery call with me, you can see the coaching page on the time for coffee website. And I'd love to chat with you. Oh, that's perfect. I mean, chatting with you is pretty awesome. I thank you so much for being here on the show. Yes. No, that's, it's amazing to have this opportunity and I'm sure we'll have you back on the show one day. Don't say that to everybody. Although I do love all of our guests, but you have been fantastic. Uh, I think we can call it a week for the career builders podcast at that. I am Mike bird. My guest was Andrea Koppel time for the number time for coffee. Check it out. And we hope you are well. We hope you'll join us again soon. Bye for now. Are you looking to connect with awesome people on LinkedIn and build the kind of professional network that gets you hired faster? Go to coachwazo.com slash C-E-L-I to get access to my free five-day e-course called Connecting Effortlessly on LinkedIn. You'll be on your way to creating the relationships that build your career. Once again, that's C-O-A-C-H-O-I-S-E-A-U dot com slash C-E-L-I.